Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to welcome you to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, today, I wanted to talk really quickly about something that is kind of a pretext to a bigger conversation we're going to have tonight. Uh, tonight, we're going to have an intellectual chocolate all black panel at 8 p.m. on drboycetv.com, and we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter. And Black Lives Matter is uh, a slogan that I hope most of us can agree with. I don't think that we have to convince ourselves that Black Lives Matter. I think that there are people that feel the need to convince white people that Black Lives Matter. But that's not really much of the conversation for today. What I want to do uh, as we prepare for tonight's panel, tonight's panel will be at 8 p.m. Eastern on drboystv.com, where we're going to talk about this from a more uh, a broader perspective. You'll hear about it from pe- other people besides myself. Um, I thought that we would talk about some of the financial mess that's going on with Black Lives Matter. Uh, it's, it's really interesting, and I thought it was worth discussing. So we're going to get started on Dr. Boyce TV right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down beyond Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, I'm a finance guy, and I'm into financial topics, and I think money is interesting to talk about um, in a lot of different contexts because you need money to make a movement. Uh, Black economic empowerment is probably the most important issue of our generation. If they don't allow us to have the opportunity, if we don't create the opportunity to become economically empowered, then we'll never have social justice. But how you pursue social justice and how you pursue economic empowerment it's all the eye of the beholder. Right? There are those on the right, those on the left, those in the middle. I try to understand all perspectives. Uh, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with any particular point of view because I think all points of view can have some merit. Now, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on DrBoysTV.com, we're going to have an all-black panel where we're going to talk about this thing going on with Black Lives Matter. And I thought I would give you kind of a precursor to uh, not the broad, not just the broader d- discussion, but kind of give you a quick Dr. Boyce breakdown of what appears to be going on. Um, Black Lives Matter is in the middle of a big financial mess. Uh, And this is something that I've talked about before. I brought this up before on the Black Financial Channel, that Black Lives Matter, all these donations were going to Black Lives Matter. Millions of dollars were being donated by corporations to Black Lives Matter. And I remember asking myself, where's where's the money go? Uh, I'm not one to tell anybody that uh, exactly what they have to do with their money, but it it did kind of make me wonder what's the point of these donations? You see, a lot of times we get caught up in the habit of engaging in a whole bunch of nothingness, a whole bunch of energy uh, expending efforts that where we're jumping up and down, running around, screaming and hollering and doing a lot of work. And it doesn't get us anywhere. It literally gets us nowhere. And so when I saw corporations announcing we're giving a hundred million dollars to Black Lives Matter, we're giving $50 million to Black Lives Matter. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, where's that money going? Where's that money going? I, you know, during the pandemic, I saw a lot of black businesses that were struggling. You know, where's the hundred million dollar Black Lives Matter business development fund? You know, right, right. I, I, I'm not, and I'm not telling them exactly what to do with their money. I'm just trying to figure out what the deal is, what's going on, and I, and I would love to hear more about it 
you know, because that, that even goes beyond the issue of Black Lives Matter allegedly being a front group for uh, white liberalism and blackface. And y'all know what I'm talking about. That That's a whole nother political issue. Uh, when you also talk about the money, I mean, what, what's happening here, if you're not careful, is you can end up in a situation that's uh, documented in the documentary um, Poverty, Inc., Poverty Inc. talks about how the struggle of of Africans, the struggle of African poverty is marketed around the world on a daily basis by major organizations that raise money in the name of African poverty. Because a great selling point, a great way to raise money is to show a picture of a of a poor kid in Africa who's starving, his belly's inflated because, you know, because he he hasn't had any food and he's got flies on his face and everybody feels sad and they send money in. And the question becomes, at the end of the day, who is getting that money and how is that money being used to actually cure the issue, to fix the problem? There are a lot of people that make money managing the problem, but they don't actually want to fix the problem because they fix the problem. There's not something to sort of, you know, to sell. You don't have a selling point anymore. So uh, Black Lives Matter. An organization that's done a lot of good work, by the way. I mean, a lot of good work in terms of bringing attention to police brutality in particular uh, has has been raising insane amounts of money. There are a lot of good people that are involved with Black Lives Matter, a lot of good people who join the organization. And I think that what you might have potentially is a situation where uh, where good people are being led by people that who don't have motives that are as, as pure as um, as as some might think. Right now, uh, so so here's the deal: uh, if you collect money, there is a transparency that's expected uh, in, in the event in the event that you make a promise to do something with that money. Now, if you make no promises and it's your business, like so, for example, if Leroy Glenn has a, a business where he's selling cookies, and I go buy Leroy's cookies, I have no right to tell Leroy, "Hey, Leroy, what you doing with your money, Leroy? Where'd you put that cookie money? I bought I bought two chocolate chip cookies and a sugar cookie from you. What did you do with my two dollars and eighty five cents? I don't have a right to say that to Leroy's cookies." But if it's an organization in which we're raising money and I'm asking you, say, for a donation or I'm using your plight to raise money uh, where you're donating to solve a problem in the community, then there should be some explanation in terms of what is being done with that money. So I'm going to read this to you. Uh, This is a Black Agenda report, actually. Uh, I met a couple of guys over Black Agenda Report. I, I don't know if they like me so much. I think that they because I'm not I'm not as liberal as they are, but I respect them immensely. I think that what they're doing is great. And I think that uh, I think that those who are on the left, they need people on the right to bring them back and people on the right need people on the left to help them establish balance. So I see Black Agenda Report as an organization that uh, has some ideas that I'm not necessarily in complete alignment with. But I respect what they do because I know that they're very serious about their work. So uh, I'm going to read to you this statement. The statement was released um, uh, by a group of chapters in Black Lives Matter. And uh, these are the people that are running the individual chapters who uh, are, are really out hustling, who really believe in the cause. And uh, they're, it seems like they're just they're upset. They're mad right now. They're very upset because they feel that Black Lives Matter, the leadership just hasn't done what uh, what it's supposed to do. Now, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button right now. Please hit the thumbs up, share, and subscribe button. Please share this video. Share it. Please share it because our community needs to be driving our own conversations, not not white people. Black people need to be driving black conversations, not white media. So we're building black media. We can use your help. So if you want to help, please uh, hit the notification bell. Please share this video so that other people can be involved in an in intelligent black conversation. Um, so what they're basically saying is that it's time for accountability. 
Uh, it was, and I'm reading from Black Agenda Report right here. Um, it was recently declared that Patrice Cullors was appointed the executive director to the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. Since then, two new Black Lives Matter formations have been announced to the public: a Black Lives Matter Political Action Committee and a Black Lives Matter gra- and Black Lives Matter Grassroots. Black Lives Matter Grassroots was allegedly created to support the organizational needs of chapters, separate from the financial functions of Black Lives Matter Global Network. We, we the undersigned chapters, so this is what actually the chapters uh, wrote. Uh, we, the undersigned chapters, believe that all of these events occurred without democracy and assert that it was without the knowledge of the majority of Black Lives Matter's chapters around the, across the country and world. We became chapters of Black Lives Matter as radical Black organizers, embracing a collective vision for Black people, engaging in the protracted struggle for our lives against police terrorism. With a willingness to do hard work that would put us at risk, we expected that the central organizational entity, most recently referred to as the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, would support us chapters in our efforts to build communally. Since the establishment of the Black Lives Matter Global Network, our chapters have been consistently have have consistently raised concerns about financial transparency, decision making and accountability. Despite years of effort, no acceptable internal process of accountability has ever been produced by the Black Lives Matter Global Network. And these recent events have undermined the efforts of chapters seeking to democratize its processes and resources in the spirit of transparency, accountability and responsibility. To our community, we believe public accountability has become necessary. As a contribution to our collective liberation, we must make clear. And they have 10, or sorry, six agenda items here and or six points of concern. And uh, and, I, and before I move to the points of concern, I want to point out three words they use that I really like. Um, they mentioned transparency, accountability, and responsibility. Uh, transparency, accountability, and responsibility. So, so one big question that uh, is always asked or should be asked for any organization when money's being raised on behalf of, of some cause or whatever, is how much transparency is called for. Transparency creates trust in financial relationships. You guys know my background. I'm, I taught finance at Syracuse University. I've been a finance professor for a long time. Transparency is really important. So if you have something where you say, hey, y'all, let's all get together and let's all let's all go raise a bunch of money. Well, then the people who are part of that group who are either helping to raise money or giving the money um, are going to usually expect some type of transparency. And that should be understood from the beginning. Sometimes transparency isn't called for. If I go to McDonald's and I buy a cheeseburger, I'm not McDonald's is not making a commitment to me to be transparent about anything. Uh, they, They don't owe me anything except for a cheeseburger. Right. Now, if I go and I give money and you tell me you're going to go build a school or you're going to go and take this money and go buy the block with that money, well, then then you owe me a little transparency. I, I'm going to say, hey, that money I gave you because we were going to go buy the block, well, how much do we have? What did we do with the money? And, uh, and, and Leroy Glenn, that, that's a great question you're asking. What do you do with your money? Well, uh, the transparency that I promise is the transparency that I deliver. You know, I think uh, in the transparency you don't promise is transparency you do not have to deliver. So, uh, so, so what's going on here is you have a scenario, uh, at least a- according to what the critics might say or what individuals are saying about this whole situation, is that, is that basically you have people that uh, have said, look, you know, Black Lives Matter. We're going to uh, use this cause to go raise billions of dollars from corporations. And the organizations that are actually doing the legwork are basically saying, we don't feel 
that we're getting the information that we need. Now, what's problematic, what's really sad about it for them is that I don't think it had to become public. I think this probably, the, the fact that it's public now is the, probably the result of the fact that they've had a lot of internal conversations that never got resolved. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like spouse abuse. A lot of times people outside the family don't find out about spouse abuse until it gets really bad. Somebody ends up in the hospital, something terrible happens. So um, with, with Black Lives Matter, what I see is a situation where it just spilled over because uh, they talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and said, okay, we're going to go to the public. Um, so the, the second word besides transparency was accountability and responsibility. So accountability, which is kind of the cousin of transparency, right? I need you to be transparent. And when you're transparent, you have to be accountable to me. Who do you work for? Who do you serve? Right. And so, for example, we've had conversations about, you know, a lot of things in the community, like um, when Jay Morrison started the Tulsa Fund, uh, you know, uh, people were saying, well, what do you think about this and think about that? I said, well, if Jay started the Tulsa Fund and he's raising money with investors, he's accountable to those investors. He's not accountable to people who are not investors. Right now, if you choose not to invest, that's fine. But people pay for the right to accountability. If you don't add to something then your criticism is not going to be taken as seriously as somebody who's put in the work and put up the money. So with Black Lives Matter, these chapters put in the work. They're putting, and some of them are even putting up the money or, or at least raising the money. So that's why they're saying we, we're owed accountability. Uh, if, I, if I have a cheeseburger stand and I sell cheeseburgers, I'm accountable to the person I promised a cheeseburger to. You give me $2, I'll give you a burger. Right. That that. But that's the extent of the accountability. That's the extent of the transparency. The last piece is responsibility. And uh, and I think responsibility kind of speaks for itself. Uh, responsibility to the black community a responsibility to uh, to the cause, uh, et cetera. I and, and remember that just because they're being accused of violating the, these these codes of conduct doesn't mean that they're guilty or bad or that they've done something criminal or unethical. It just means that that to the extent to which that they've dealt with these issues hasn't satisfied the organizers. And I'll, and I'll just tell you as a, as a black person, you know, as a, as a black man, you know, the, the, the struggle of the black man is, is being utilized by a lot of people in these police shootings, uh, you know, to raise money and, and bring attention to certain causes as a black man. I've always asked myself, uh, what exactly is all this, this corporate money that's being given to black lives matter? What is that doing to improve the condition of the black man and the black family and the black community across America. So, uh, but then again, though, I'm not owed as much accountability or transparency as somebody who actually runs a black lives matter chapter. I don't do that because I don't believe in the organization. I believe in the term. I believe in the hashtag. I believe in the ideology of black lives mattering. I knew that since I was a baby, I didn't need to know it just because white people started saying it. But at the same time, I, I know the difference between the ideology and and the organization, right? Uh, black lives do matter. I hope that you agree with me. And I don't think that we have to convince white people that black lives matter in order for black lives to matter. Black lives matter before white people started uh, chanting it. And, and I think a lot of black folks, the fact that there are millions of black people who did not understand that is part of our problem. That's part of our challenge in terms of dealing with white supremacy. Uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. My Twitter is right there too, if you want to follow me on Twitter. All right. So here are, the, here are the six things that the organizations are asking, right? One, Patrice Cullors, as the sole board member of Black Lives Matter Global Network, became executive direct, director against the will of most chapters and without their knowledge. So they're claiming she made a unilateral decision to make herself the executive director and didn't ask for anybody's input. There was no vote. Uh, no one else had to say. At least that's what they're claiming. 
Two, the newly announced formation Black Lives Matter Grassroots does not su- does not have the support of and was created without consultation with the vast majority of chapters. So they're claiming that they created this uh, spinoff, Black Lives Matter Grassroots, um, you know, without even asking the grassroots organizations what they wanted to do. Well, that's that's a recipe for a disaster. Uh, the formation of Black Lives Matter Grassroots effectively separated the majority of chapters from the Black Lives Matter Global Network without their consent and interrupted the active process of accountability that was being established by those chapters. So it almost sounds to me like they're saying that Black Lives Matter Grassroots, that they created a grassroots spinoff to say, we're going to do the global network. You know, and, and, and I don't know. I'm, I'd be curious to know this. It, you know, if anybody is from a chapter and you, you're connected to me on Facebook, send me a note. I could bring you in so you can tell your side of the story. But it almost sounds like they're saying that they created a spinoff to say, OK, we want you all over here, but we're going to be handling all the big corporate money over there that. You know, the Black Lives Matter Global Network, it sounds, again, I, I'm naive on this, but it almost sounds like they're saying, okay, now that we don't win corporate, y'all, and we sitting down and having dinner with Joe Biden and, and the CEO of Starbucks at the same time, uh, we want to have this over here, and then we want to keep the grassroots thing over there, almost like a type of, of classism in the organizational structure, which which is really fascinating. I'm not saying this is the case. I'm saying this is what it sounds like to me. This is just my two cents. And by the way, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, um, I'm having an intellectual chocolate all-black panel on drboystv.com, and we're going to break this thing down and talk about it. So I won't do much of the talking tonight. I'm going to do all my talking right now, and then uh, the the panel will be talking tonight. Faye Bishop and and some others are going to join us. So uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on drboystv.com. That's when we're going to talk about it. Um, So the third thing, let's see here. Um, Ah, here we go. Three, the formation of Black Lives Matter grassroots effectively separated the majority of chapters from the Black Lives Matter global network without their consent and interrupted the active process of accountability that was being established. Okay, I already said that. Four, in our experience, chapter organizers have been consistently prevented from establishing financial transparency, collective decision-making, or collaboration on political analysis and vision within the Black Lives Matter Global Network. Very, very interesting. Why is that interesting to me? Ask me, say, why, voice? Why is that interesting to you, voice? Type that in the chat. Why, voice? Well, why is that so interesting to you? Well, the reason it's interesting to me is this. It's fascinating. Basically, they're accusing the leadership of Black Lives Matter of doing exactly what white supremacy does to the rest of us. Like they're literally accusing them of establishing a hierarchy. You know, they're accusing them of basically uh, trying to control the power. And, and this is fascinating because this actually sort of feeds into the point of poweronomics and the ideology that I tend to believe in. You know, I'm, I'm not really a black lives matter guy. I believe black lives matter, but I'm, you know, the organization that they got too much alphabet stuff going on. You know, they talk about destabilizing the nuclear family. That's when I got off that train. I said, okay, something else is going on here. Where's George Soros in the building? You know, he, he done put on an earth, wind and fire costume and, and I and put some Afro sheen in, in, in his hair. And, and, and y'all thinking that, that this is black. I don't believe it's completely black. I just don't, I'm sorry. But here's the interesting thing. Um, the poweronomics ideology kind of says that this whole idea of true equality for everyone is kind of a myth. It's a fairy tale. It's not going to happen. Right. And, and, and because why, why is that? Well, because at the end of the day, human beings, human beings want power. 
people want power. And, and, and the part of the reason that you haven't achieved any sort of progress in this society or this equality that you're claiming to achieve or, or even economic empowerment is because people will feed you all kinds of crap. You know, if they can get away with that, they will gaslight the hell out of you. They'll say a whole bunch. Of, they'll they'll squeeze your booty and tell you that you're cute all day long. But when you want to get them to shut the door in your face is when you start showing up, asking them to share the power. People do not typically share power. Malcolm X told you all this. Malcolm X told you all this. You know, Malcolm X, I believe if he were alive, he wouldn't be a Black Lives Matter guy. He would be more of a black nationalist. He would be more on the, a little bit more to the right because Malcolm, you know, I'm, I, I agree with Malcolm. We're into family. We're into structure. We're into codes of conduct. We're into uh, institution building. Right. And, and one of the things Malcolm always said is that power is not conceded willingly. You have to take it. So uh, the Black Lives Matter chapters are basically taking power from the leadership because the leadership would not concede that power willingly. Everything's great. You know, everything's real kumbaya in the beginning when there ain't no money to split and and you just you just a squirrel trying to get a nut. Everybody's just trying to get you know, you're just trying to get some attention on your little platform. But once the attention comes, you know, once you get that article in the New York Times and or, or you get that first million dollar donation or the people at the top are getting invited to the the NAACP Image Awards, that's when things get real sticky because then that's when you start seeing uh, other more natural human emotions start to emerge. You start seeing um, people's egos get inflated. Uh, some people love attention. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell you as much of a as I, I don't, I've never met a socialist who didn't at least like money a little bit. Bernie, Bernie Sanders is a big socialist, but that man makes over a million dollars a year. Joe Biden and his wife, Jill, make about 10 million a year. At least they did before they got into the White House. The Obamas are cranking about 100 million a year. So all this talk about, you know, socialism and money, ain't money doesn't matter. It's real interesting that they become real capitalists when it comes to their bank account. Right. And now I'm not this is not defending capitalism. This is really talking about human nature. The nature of humans is to compete. The nature of humans is uh, to acquire. Uh, the nature of humans is to protect what they have, and that's what's really going on here. Um, now, this does not mean that they're right or that they're wrong. It's just the dynamic that I see happening here. I believe that if Black Lives Matter wasn't a global phenomenon and there wasn't a billion dollars flowing through the bank account, all of these moves wouldn't have happened. I believe they would have ju- they would just be this sort of gra- grassroots kumbaya. Everybody, we want everybody to have everything, equality, right? They, 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 it's easy to talk that stuff when you ain't got nothing to split, right? That's what I'm saying. Like if I got nothing, you got nothing, then then we can split nothing. Nothing plus nothing's nothing. Nothing plus nothing divided by nothing is still nothing. So it doesn't really matter, right? So 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 go, going back to this. So Black Lives Matter. Here here are a couple more points in the um in the letter that they wrote. Uh, number four, um, in our, oh, wait, sorry, I already read number four. Number five, it, for, for years, there has been inquiry regarding the financial operations of Black Lives Matter Global Network and no acceptable process of either public or internal transparency about the unknown millions of dollars donated to Black Lives Matter Global Network, which has certainly increased during this time of pandemic and rebellion. So it sounds to me like they created the Black Lives Matter Global Network to collect the money and Black Lives Matter grassroots to kind of manage the the manage the field Negroes, right? Take care of the folks that are out there doing the work. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna drop you a couple crumbs, but the big money is gonna be over here in the corporate suite, which is the Black Lives Matter Global Network. And if you notice that again, it's real interesting, right? 
uh, th this is the paradox of Black Lives Matter. You have a lot of really good Black people who join that movement for the same reasons you and I would join that movement. You know, they maybe they didn't know all the details. They didn't know what was kind of going on at the top. They, you know, they just saw Black Lives Matter and said, okay, that's a trigger point for me. I, I like that. I agree. I, I don't like police either. I'm participating. But what they didn't realize was that, that there was a game of chess happening at the very top. When you get into the executive suites where, where you're sitting with George Soros on one side and Barack Obama on the other and, and, uh, and Kamala Harris on the other, you know, Kamala, the, the, you know, the lady who used to be who called herself the top cop in California. And they're trying to figure out how to kind of manage the movement. And then what happens is you get pulled into um, and the a Black Agenda Report actually did a good job pointing this out. They talked about um, uh, corporate philanthropy. Or sorry, yeah, corporate philanthropy and corporate democ uh, corporate politics, or something like that, right? So you get pulled in where you become uh, the black wing of the Democratic Party. That's one thing. So the Democrats now got you. The Democrats are pretty much corporate because the corporations and, and the wealthy people in America drive America's democracy. That's one of the sad things about America. That's one of the failings of capitalism. And then you get into this corporate philanthropy thing where corporations will give you money, but they're only going to support you if you fit into a certain box and pursue a certain agenda. Next thing you know, you're not grassroots anymore, right? So they're separating off the grassroots element but it also becomes a little bit like um, when you have separate but equal in the educational system. They're like, look, let's have the black schools and have the white schools. But and there's nothing wrong inherently with that. There's nothing wrong with having black schools with black children and white schools with white children. The problem was that the white schools got all the money and the black schools got all the leftovers. Right. So I'd be curious to know who's getting the most money, the Black Lives Matter Global Network or Black Lives Matter Grassroots. Uh, it, you know, because it, I would have no problem with this if the grassroots element was receiving half the money and the money was being distributed amongst the chapters. And I also wouldn't even have a problem with it if they had paid staff. I mean, well, why is it that we believe that somehow activism must always go hand in hand with poverty? Why must you be poor to really be fighting for black people when poverty is one of our biggest problems that we have? Like, seriously, why do I got to why poverty does not bring purity? Poverty does not bring purity. Being broke does not make you a better person than you would be if you wasn't broke. In fact, when I have money in my pocket, I'm a, I'm a much nicer guy than I am when I'm completely broke. Because a broke man is, is trying to feed his kids. And a man who's desperate to feed his kids, he might be tempted to rob you. He might be tempted to hit you upside the head and take your money. right? So if you want to make that guy into a, a better human being, I think giving him the dignity of having a couple of dollars in his pocket is, 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 is a good thing. right? So, so I don't think these activists, if they're out here really doing the work and really getting it in and getting it done, I don't know who made the rule to say that they can't have some sort of way to provide for themselves other than having to get up Monday morning after the protest and go work for some capitalist who's running a, a factory where they got to go slave away for 40 hours a week doing a bunch of nothing just so they can pay the bills. You know, activism, black activism needs to come with a mechanism to pay the damn bills. Seriously, black people, I don't believe in two terms, two terms, I, I two, two, two areas that I have a big problem with and need to be fixed. And I think black people have the ability to make things better. We always add some extra things to make it something other than what it was. And it becomes more effective and it becomes, becomes more relevant and, uh, and, 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 and just, just better. So I think that when it comes to capitalism, black people do not need to be capitalists. 
Capitalism in its purest form becomes a form of slavery. Capitalism can be terrible. Capitalism hurts people. Capitalism puts money above the importance of human life. Capitalism destroys the environment. Capitalism exploits customers. Capitalism is can be a terrible, terrible thing. But free enterprise and the building of businesses and economic development and the creation of jobs and the creation of wealth is not inherently an evil thing. It becomes evil when you behave that way, when you develop evil systems. The same thing is true with activism. When I think about activism, I think about the Black Panthers. And I think about the Black Panthers and how amazing they were, even though you know they, they were heavily influenced by things like Marxism and stuff. So again, stuff that I'm not really into. No disrespect, but that's not really so much my thing. But I don't think all the ideas are bad. A lot of the ideas are very good. But, but here's the thing. The Black Panthers had the free lunch program. And I think that's great. That's what they're known for. That that was an extraordinary accomplishment. But I never agreed with the with the idea of having a free lunch program. I always said, well, does that mean everybody needed their lunch to be free? The Black, the Black Panthers needed money. They had no money. And they were doing good work. So, so you're telling me that you're going to give everybody, just like the PPP program. Remember the PPP program where the government just gave everybody the same check, whether they needed the money or not? Right. Even if even I know people who are doing really well financially who say, why is the government sending me a check during the pandemic? They need to send the money to the people who need it. Right. Uh, so so the same thing is true with the Black Panther free lunch program. Some people need free lunch. Some people can pay twenty five cents for their lunch. Some people can pay a dollar for their lunch. So why can't it be the twenty five cent lunch program? Look, lunch would normally cost you two dollars. But today we're going to charge you twenty five cents because we got to raise money because revolutions cost money. There's never been a war in all of human history that did not have that did not need a war chest. Right. In fact, wars are more effectively fought when you have the finances to fight that war. Just ask the people who ran for president where it cost three billion dollars damn near to run for president of the United States. Every war costs money. And so when you don't fund the soldiers on the front lines, then you are basically conceding to losing the war. Why is that? Well, because if you have your activists out here starving and struggling and broke to do doing their activism, then Monday morning they're going to have to go back and support capitalism by working for a capitalist just to pay the bills because you neglected them because you were fed this myth that there is purity and poverty. There is no purity in being broke. There is no dignity in being broke. Being broke does not make you a better person. Being broke can make you a worse person. Because like Tupac said, he said, I like paying rent when the rent's due. He said, when I can pay rent when the rent's due, I don't want to go out and engage in criminal behavior because I'm financially secure. When I'm not financially secure, that's when my mind starts wandering. I want to go get into stuff because I got to go get some money to feed my family. So what I'm telling you guys is you got to stop thinking about your black liberation within the context of these pre-existing ideas. You can take something from everybody, learn from everyone, learn from the left, learn from the right, learn from the middle, but then you got to mix it together just like we do with our soul food and make it into something better than it's ever been before. So when I talk about black economics, when I hear people that say, oh, you're just a black capitalist, I honestly, I have to, I, my brain shuts down right at that point because you clearly don't understand. You haven't listened long enough to even understand that I'm not here to be a black capitalist. I understand capitalism better than a man knows his ex-wife. And Lord knows uh, capitalism is going to be the thing that destroys America. Capitalism will destroy America. But, but let America become 100% socialist and see what you get. See what kind of crazy country you get if we become if we become socialists. It's going to be a mess that way, too. 
So here, here's what I'm going to go to. Here, let me let me finish reading this here. So Black Lives Matter. And once again, I'll remind you guys, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to do a panel, an all-black panel on drboystv.com. We're going to talk about Black Lives Matter. We're going to talk about this article. We're going to talk about what Black Lives Matter means to the community and talk about what it means for us to lead the agenda as opposed to other people uh, guiding the agenda. So the number six thing they list is, to the best of our knowledge, most chapters have received little to no financial support from the Black Lives Matter Global Network since the launch in 2013. It was only in the last few months that select chapters appear to have been invited to apply for a $500,000 grant created with resources generated because of the organizing labor of chapters. This is not the equity and financial accountability we deserve. Now, here's what I want to break down for you guys. It's really interesting. So, <laughs> so, so pay attention. If you read the article, which is on the Black Agenda Report, I think Glenn Ford wrote it. Good job, Glenn. If you hear this uh, video, just good, good job, brother. Um, so, so in this in this article, it's real fascinating, right? That almost every point they bring up comes back to the money. It comes back to the money. You know, it reminds me of my daddy. My daddy, my daddy's an old, you know, fashioned country boy. You know, he grew up in the South. He's he's a he's a regular black man. My dad's more conservative than he is liberal. He believes in personal responsibility. He's a very tough man. He was in the Vietnam War. Shout out to the veterans. Uh, and he, he taught me what it meant to be a man. And that's 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 what I lean on. I, I believe in manhood. I believe in that men should have strength. I believe that we need to defend the community, things like that. But one thing my dad used to tell me that was real interesting. Is he, he keeps saying things real simple. He said when, when couples fight. He said, they may seem to be fighting about a lot of different things. He said, but usually it all comes down to one of three things, either money, sex, or kids, right? You might think it's something else, but it's always money, the sex, or the kids. It always comes back to one of those things. So in this particular case, if you read all of the grievances very carefully from the different organizations, everything is coming back to the money, if you take the money out of the equation, this is why I, t I think financial intelligence is so important for black people. This is why do you think I talk about this a lot? And why do you think I'm able to talk about everything and still link it back to economics? Is because economics drives a lot of what happens in this world. If you read every statement they make, they're basically saying, you ain't telling us what you're doing with the money. We ain't got no accountability with the money. We asked for the money. Y'all said no. We, 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 we collected all this money and we, we ain't, ain't none of it going to the groups. None of the groups are getting financial support. You know, you create this little BS $500,000 grant, which is really laughable, right? Like, like it's almost like the hunger games. The hunger games was a great fascinating movie. If you understand it in, in, in terms of oppression and the hunger games, that's what they did. They basically would take stuff and kind of dangle it to the masses. just just to keep the masses under control. So with this $500,000 grant, it's like, what does, what is that? Like you're giving the, the groups a lottery ticket. Like if you apply and one of y'all wins, one of y'all will get this big grant, uh, but the rest of y'all going to keep starving, right. In hopes that one day you'll get the grant. Um, and, and, and really remember $500,000 is laughable to an organization that I know for a fact was getting tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw all the corporations that were announcing, they were giving, major, major, major donations to Black Lives Matter. So given that that was happening, I too was curious, like, where's this money going? And uh, and I think it should go to the chapters, of course, but then also it should go to the community. The, you know, where, where's the Black community benefiting from this? Who is helping those businesses that are all falling apart? Who's helping those uh, poor folks in these broken down neighborhoods that, that, are, that are supposedly led by the Democrats that are being abandoned and neglected? Right. So so that those are some of the questions I would have with this. Um, I'm, it's not really an accusatory fashion. I'm still going to investigate. 
but I think it's worth talking about. I think that there's a great lesson to learn here about activism and how money can shift incentives and how sometimes you can have a great idea that can get marred by problematic leadership. I'm not saying that these individuals leading the group are bad people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that, for example, when you saw with the ADOS movement, ADOS was great. The concept, right? Descendants of slaves. Well, I'm ADOS. We're all descendants of slaves. But then when you get leadership that isn't prepared to kind of manage all the attention that comes, it ends up becoming kind of a mess, right? So um, anyway, that's my two cents on the issue. Those are my thoughts. Uh, feel free to share your thoughts in the comments. And uh, don't forget, tonight at 8 p.m., we're going 8 p.m. Eastern on drboystv.com. I'm bringing a panel. We're going to talk about this in more detail. I'm going to do less talking tonight than I did just now, but I had to get that two cents out after I read this article. Good job to Black Agenda Report for reading the article. You should go to Black Agenda Report's website. They do really thorough journalism. Um, again, it's very they seem somewhat leftist, which is fine, right? I think those ideas are important, but I think you need to hear ideas from all across the spectrum because there are good ideas everywhere. And, and this idea of, of vilifying other people because they see things different from you is... is uh, I just hate that. I, I'm not a fan of any of that. Um, I'm more of a believer that you can actually learn something. Uh, I like, I want to get the best out of you so I can add that to the best out of me because two plus two is always going to be four, but two minus two becomes zero. And if you want to know why our community sometimes turns into a zero, it's because we're doing too much two minus two instead of doing two plus two. So let's learn from each other instead of just always fighting all the time, because I don't think that's going to get us anywhere. So anyway, guys, uh, put your uh, hit your, uh, your thumbs up, put your hashtag B1 in the chat. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Also, make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell, share this video. Please, please, please share this video. My Twitter is Dr. Boyce Watkins one If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can also text the word Boyce to 31996 if you want to uh, get text notifications a couple times a week. Uh, that's Boyce to 31996. I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. I'll see you soon. Peace.